Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Saturday. It is November the 26th of the year 2022. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. How is everyone doing today? My God, my God, my God. God bless you. Look, it is rainy and wet here. A little cool, not cold. But in any event, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it anyway. So with that said, let's get this truth on the road. This is episode two of a faith that surpasses all understanding. And with that said, I want you to go to Daniel chapter six. We are still in the book of Daniel chapter six. And today I will be reading or teaching from the CSB. That is the Christian Standard Bible. CSB, Christian Standard Bible. I read six different versions and chose to go with this one. It is the closest to the Aramaic and Hebrew that I could find. And uh, I might switch during this episode to the New King James, but I may just stay with the CSB. It doesn't matter which version of the Bible you have, because in the end, we will be in the same place. So with that said, you can pause the tape while you are looking for Daniel. And when you come back, we will be in the same place. I will begin the reading. You guys know we are going to be reading a lot of scripture a lot of scripture. I don't just read a scripture. The scripture doesn't tell the story. The scripture gives you a message and then you can be deceived by just a scripture because you don't know what that scripture is talking about. You don't know what it is referring to, but if you read the full chapter, it will tell you. Now, before I start, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is no longer king. As a matter of fact, in the latter part of chapter five, his predecessor uh, was killed and it's not about him. So that's why I don't want to get off into that. But uh, Darius ended up being king. So um, verse one of chapter six, let me begin reading. Darius decided to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom stationed throughout the realm and over them three administrators, including Daniel. These satraps would be accountable to them so that the king would not be defrauded. Now what that is talking about, uh, Daniel and two others 
were going to be over the satraps to watch and make sure that they were not defrauding people because they were tax collectors. And the king wanted to make sure he had honest people over them so that they would not rob the people and pocket the money. Okay. And Daniel was very loyal. Daniel was a man of God. Verse three, Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit with him. The new King James says an excellent spirit was in him. And the CSB says that Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm. Uh, Daniel, the king had plans to make Daniel either the president or second in command under him. Verse four, the administrators and satraps therefore kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge or corruption in Daniel for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Verse five. Then these men said, we will never find any charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. Who's God? Daniel's God. That's God Jehovah or either Yahweh. Verse six. So the administrators and satraps went to gather to the king and said to him, may King Darius live forever. All the administrators of the kingdom, the prefix, meaning the, some of the administrators in charge, satraps, advisors, and governors have agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict that for 30 days, anyone who petitions any God or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den, or your version may say the den of lions. Verse eight, therefore, your majesty, establish the edict and sign the document so that as a law of the Medes, these were Iranians, and the Persians was a select group of, Iran of Iranians, and they were in a certain part of the land, it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signed the written edict. Verse 10, when Daniel learned, now the new King James says that now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, uh, CSB says when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem. And that was custom for all Jews when they prayed, they prayed facing Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring 
his God. Verse 12. So they approached the king and asked about his edict. Didn't you sign an edict that for 30 days, any person who petitions any God or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. The king answered, as a law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. Verse 13, then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, meaning Daniel is from the tribe of Judah, has ignored you. The king and the edict you signed, for he prays three times a day. Verse 14, as soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased, not with Daniel. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. He was very displeased that he signed that edict because there was no other person like Daniel. Daniel was not a Babylonian. Daniel was not an Iranian. Daniel was a Jew. Okay, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel was a Jew, held in exile, okay, during the Bab Babylonian captivity. Uh, you know, the Jews were scattered abroad. They were all over the place. I don't want to get off into that. That is a whole nother teaching. Uh, verse 15, then these men went together to the king and said to him, you know, your majesty, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no edict or ordinance the king established can be changed. Verse 16. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. Verse 17. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den or either pit. Your version may say pit. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles, some of his administrators, so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. Verse 18. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and he could not sleep. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Verse 19. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Verse 20. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said. Has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Verse 21, my Lord. Then Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. Verse 22, my God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths and they haven't harmed me for I was found innocent before him him who God, and also before you, your majesty, I have not done harm. Verse 23, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den or the pit. 
When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed for he trusted in his God. I could have stopped right there, but no, I'm not. For he trusted in his God. Even before he went in there, that's why he didn't go fighting. He trusted in his God. Verse 24, the king then gave the command and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den. They, their children and their wives, they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, hold up, Lord. I got to gather myself here because um, the fact that the behavior of these dishonest politicians, if you will, caused their families, including their children and wives, to suffer with them. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Now, let's move forward. Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live on the whole earth. May your prosperity abound. Verse 26, I issue a decree that in all my royal dominion, people must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, not a living God. He is the living God. And he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Hallelujah. And his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. That's verse 27. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. For he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Verse 28. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reigns of Cyrus the Persian. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. So saints, let me give a commentary of what we just read. But I will tell you this, it is all surrounding the faith that surpasses all understanding. In one of the best known books, or stories in the Bible. Daniel was cast into the lion's den because of his faith. Since Daniel was about 15 years old in, in 605 BC, when the Babylonians brought him as a captive to Babylon, and since the events in Daniel 6 most likely took place in the second or third year, after the Medo Persian conquest of Babylon in, in about maybe 539 BC, Daniel would have been approximately 82 years old when he was thrown to the lions in the lion's den. He was not a teenager, as, as often depicted in, in some of these Bible stories. Okay, Daniel was not a kid, he was not a teenager, he was 82 years old. Now, Darius began organizing the newly conquered Babylonian Empire and immediately decided to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom. Now, these 120 satraps were lower tier officials, if you will, 
who helped rule the entire empire or just over the part of the empire that was formerly under Babylonian control. So the king appointed three administrators over the 120 satraps to assure that taxes would be properly collected without any embezzlement or corruption by the 120 government officials. Now for these positions, the king needed men with trustworthy reputations. Okay. You know, when anybody is involved in, in, in money or with money, you have to make sure if you can't oversee it, that you have honest people over that money. And that is what the king was trying to establish. So he chose Daniel as one of these officials. He must have heard of Daniel's reputation. Um, probably uh, he was even aware of Daniel's interpretation of the writing that had appeared on the wall the night Babylon fell because uh, Daniel predicted it. Remember, Daniel is a man of God who is a part of the government. You know why? To make sure that there is someone just in government to watch over God's people. Not everybody is God's people. Neither the king. Neither the king. And, and I don't want to uh, stray away uh, too far here because I want to stay on my notes. I don't want to miss anything. Daniel proved to be very trustworthy. Uh, he was a very, uh, let me say, uh, superlative administrator because of his extraordinary spirit or his excellent spirit. Now, this is a phrase used previously to describe his character in, in Daniel chapter 5, verse 12. Now, therefore, the king planned to set him over the whole realm as prime minister. Now, the king's choice of Daniel created jealousy among the other court officials and they wished to denounce Daniel. Now, since Daniel was both, you know, uh, diligent and, and honest in his work, they could find no corruption in Daniel. Therefore, they sought to trap him by creating a law to ban Daniel from worshiping his God. And you know, that was not going to work. We are talking about a faith that surpasses all understanding. Now, when these corrupt officials approached the king, they falsely claim that all government officials supported the proposal that for 30 days, anyone who petitioned, you know, any God or man except the king would be thrown into the lion's den. Now, by agreeing to this law, Darius had not claimed deity. I want y'all to get this now. He was king, but he did not worship the true and living God. That's why they are always referring to Daniel's God, not our God, but Daniel's God. He did not claim deity, but rather he adopted the role of a priestly mediator. And his goal was to unite the Babylonian realm under the authority of the new Persian empire. That is what King Darius's goal was. Now, the irrevocability of a law of the Medes and Persians is confirmed elsewhere in scripture. You can read it in Esther chapter one, beginning at uh, verse 19, and also in Esther chapter eight, beginning at verse eight. It's also in other literature. Now, even though the law prohibiting prayer had gone into effect, Daniel still prayed with his windows open toward Jerusalem. Jewish people in exile always pray toward Jerusalem. And I mentioned that earlier, even today, just as Solomon had had instructed 
in his prayer of dedication for the temple. That's in uh first King chapter eight, starting at verse 44. Now, Daniel prayed not out of rebellion toward the king, but out of obedience to the, to the command of God. As the apostles would later say in Acts chapter five, verse 29, we must obey God rather than man. So great was Daniel's reputation for spiritual commitment that even his enemies knew he would obey God rather than bow to the king's edict. They knew that, that Daniel would not forsake the commands of God for an edict or a law, even that the governing officials and the king signed or either a president today would sign. If it's contrary to the word of God, we are not to do it. Daniel didn't do it. His faith was so great in God because he knew that his God would protect him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the true purpose of the administrators in verse six actually comes out. The king was very displeased, not because Daniel had defied him, but because he came to understand that the true purpose of the law was to trap Daniel, you know, whom the king had a great deal of respect for. Now, we can only imagine what, what strategies and what plans the king tried, tried to come up with in order to rescue Daniel, but the administrators would not let up. They kept pressuring him. The Persians used mutilation by lions as one of several uh, forms of execution. It was Daniel's continual service to God that caused him to be cast into the lion's den. Now, the king hoped that this devotion would cause God to, to deliver Daniel from the lion's den. Now, the word for a den, I've said it a few minutes ago, can also be translated as pit. Okay, so that's why uh, the version that you may have with you right now may say pit. Now, Daniel was cast into a pit over which a stone was placed and sealed with the signet rings of the king and his nobles. Now, King Darius then spent the night fasting and, and presumably praying for Daniel, but not to Daniel's God. Not to Daniel's God. Uh-uh. Now, the question on the mind of King Darius was the ability of Daniel's God to save him. The king and Daniel knew that God uses angels to accomplish his purposes, including protection of his people. There's no doubt that, that Daniel, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had these scriptures. Psalm 34, 7. Psalm 91, 11. Hebrews 1, 14, they did not have, but we have that. We also have Psalms 34, 7 and 91, uh, 11. We have tons of scriptures, way more scriptures than the Old Testament heroes of faith is what we call them, uh, than what they had. Oh, yes. Now, on this occasion, this may have been an angel or even the angel of the Lord, just like Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace, they didn't bend to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't care what he said. And I want to ask you, how many of you would have been and just started bowing to those golden images? God's created by the hands of man in, the, in their minds. God's who can't hear you. You can't feed them. They can't hear you. They have no power. 
They can't save you. They can't deliver you. How many of you would have done that? Do you really have faith in God, the God that we serve? The God who came in the person of the Messiah, Jesus. The name Jesus means Jehovah has become our salvation. That's what the name Jesus means. Jehovah, our savior. How many of you have that type of faith? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many of you trust that God will send the angel of the Lord? The angel of the Lord is known as the pre-incarnate appearance of the Messiah back in the Old Testament. Today, we have the Holy Spirit. They had the pre-incarnate Messiah back then. Daniel was not claiming perfection in declaring that he was found innocent before God. Remember when uh, King Darius yelled out, Daniel, Daniel, and Daniel let him know that he was okay. He said, I have been found innocent before God. Rather, Daniel claimed that his allegiance to God made him guiltless in this matter. It was Daniel's faith in God, not his works. Uh-uh. It was his faith in God that brought him the deliverance from the lions. Hallelujah. It was his faith that surpasses all understanding. Even it surpasses the understanding of the king. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Just as King Nebuchadnezzar before him, King Darius issued a decree to every people, nation, and language declaring praise to the God of Daniel. Remember when King Nebuchadnezzar did that? After God rescued uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the burning fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar, even though he saw the hand of the living God move in the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he still didn't, didn't bow down and worship the living God who had that type of power and admitted in chapter three, that the, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was the only living God and the only God who had that power. He admitted that. He still didn't bow down and worship that God. He still worshiped his golden images made by the hands of men. He still was a pagan worshiper. And that's why God removed it. You, he allowed you to be king. You were not a fair king. He allowed you to be king. He allowed you to witness his power, and you still did not worship him. That's why King Nebuchadnezzar was removed. Uh-huh. And his successor ended up being killed and overtaken. And then Darius was made king. But if you notice, they all like the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they all like Daniel. They were Hebrews. They were Jews. Daniel. From the, from the tribe of Judah. Yeah, from the, the tribe of Judah. So remember, King Darius, uh, in verses 20, 25 and 27, issued a decree to everybody, all nations and languages, declaring uh, praise to the God of Daniel. To the God of Daniel. Darius recognized the greatness of God, that he is living and he is eternal. He is savoying, all-powerful, and able to deliver his people, God's people. But yet he didn't accept him. Unbelievable. So King Darius still was, was not of the faith? No. Nevertheless, it is unlikely that Darius came to a saving faith. Not here. 
just because he wrote this decree, instead accepted the God of Israel as just one of many gods. And that's the mistake that people are making today because Satan created all of these different religions just to confuse and rancor the minds of people and make you think there are many gods. Because if that's what you believe, like King Darius, that there are many gods and like King Nebuchadnezzar, that there are many gods, you're not saved. You have to only focus on the true and living God. And we have scriptures throughout this whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, who the real and, and true and living God is, the one who has all the power. The one who has all the power. And in verse 28, we have some uh, scholars that maintain that, that this verse draws a distinction between Darius and Cyrus, uh, such as, or um, that Darius could only be identified with Guberu and not with Cyrus the Persian. You can read uh, chapter five and verse 31 so you can see what I'm talking about. But it is also possible to translate this verse as, as during the reign of Darius, even Cyrus the Persian. Saints, let me tell you something. I know I can go further. I know I can, but I want to stop right here. Yeah, I want to stop right here because you will listen longer if I stop right here. We are talking about faith that surpasses all understanding. And I want to ask you today, do you have that type of faith? Because this is the type of faith that we read in this episode and the previous episode with the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, being saved from the burning fiery furnace. Now, I want to bring you to the attention of the distinctions. There is none between Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you notice, God never prevented them from going into the trial. Let me call it a trial. He was with them and made sure that the trial didn't harm them. With Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace, which was turned up seven times hotter than it normally is at the request of King Nebuchadnezzar. Not one flame burned them. These boys knew that they would be protected. Didn't we read in the last episode that they said, and the God we serve will deliver us from your hands. They weren't concerned about being thrown into to the burning fire furnace. How many of you would have been screaming and kicking and yelling? Oh, no, I'm a bow down to that golden image. Well, I'm here to tell you I'm one that would have been thrown into the burning fire furnace. That's how strong my faith is. That's how strong my faith is. There's no way I would bow down to a, a handmade image that a king who was self-centered wanted us to worship so that he can see his power over people getting them to bow down to something he had created out of gold. Something that couldn't hear, couldn't move. That's what we call idol gods. Any God that can't do anything for you is an idol God. And look at Daniel. He knew, he heard that anyone who would be in violation of this decree would be thrown into the, the, to the uh, lion's den. He knew this. What did Daniel do? He went with his window open. He did not hide. He turned toward Israel and prayed three times a day to his God, Jehovah, Yahweh, a God who can deliver, a God who can save, and a God who did deliver and save in both episodes. 
We're talking about a faith that surpasses all understanding. And by the time we end this series, saints, I hope you have developed or either added to your faith so that it can surpass all understanding, so that the hand of God can move in your life. I've seen him move in mine when I had no one else to turn to, when I, when I knew that the doctors did not have any other answers. I looked them straight in the face and said, I don't have cancer. Uh-uh. No, I knew I didn't because the God I serve, I told one of my doctors, the God I serve is able to deliver me. If you see cancer now, you won't see it when, that when the test results come back. My doctors will tell you I told them this. No, I don't have cancer in my body. To God be all the glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's where I want you to be. I don't want to keep this as a secret to myself. I want you to develop the faith that surpasses all understanding. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we cannot hear the word of God in one setting. You have to keep hearing it. That's why the Bible says you must have faith as a mustard seed. Mustard seeds are small. But if you nurture it and you water it, see the mustard seed represents the faith. The nurturing and the watering represents the word of God. You have to keep feeding it. And then that mustard seed can grow into a big old oak tree because it was nurtured and it was watered continuously. It was well taken care of. So you have to keep feeding your spirit, the word of God. And then you have to believe the word. You have to stand on that word. No matter the circumstances, saints, stand on the word of God, just like Daniel did. God didn't prevent him from being thrown in the lion's den. He could have. But what did God do? He wanted to show his power to the people who had authority over Daniel, who had mistreated him because Daniel had not done anything wrong. What God did was shut the mouths of the lions up. He sealed their mouths where they could not harm Daniel. Daniel was peaceful in that, that lion's den the entire night. The three Hebrew boys was well protected from the fire, came out just exactly as they went in, unharmed. But you have to remember, they did not go in with fear. Uh-uh. Their faith was not shaken. It didn't matter that they were told if they didn't do this, they would be thrown into the burning fiery furnace. It didn't matter that Daniel knew that he would be thrown into the lion's den if he prayed and they found out about it. Daniel didn't care. You obey God rather than man. That's the type of faith you have to have. It took me a while to get to this faith. I've been walking with the Lord almost 30 years now. And I'm here to tell you, over a course of time, my faith got to be where it is today. It doesn't matter my circumstances. I am a living witness that God will bring you out. He has brought me out constantly. When you belong to God, Satan will come after you because Satan's mission is to steal, to kill and destroy. But the mission of God is, is to come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And those that come to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder. See, that's the mission of God is to reward you. If you diligently and earnestly seek him, seek him in prayer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. And for those of you who say you can't mix uh, religion with politics, well, guess what? Daniel was in politics. 
You have to have somebody honest there. You have to. Because if you don't, government will be just like King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, government will be just like him. Ruling over the people. The Bible is clear in 2 Samuel, the very last chapter. Those who rule over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. That's why God always have someone in government that truly worships and believes in him. And they are in a position that they can make a difference to help his people, help the poor. We are not supposed to uh, worship and take care of billionaires. There are people, we have more poor people and average people on this planet. Some who really just need assistance, who really need help just to get on their feet so that they can strive. Yes, and that they can thrive. But we got a government that don't look out for people. I am not a Republican and I am not a Democrat. I am not an independent. I'm not affiliated with any of those parties. I am a child of God. And what I do know is God said, the poor ye have with you always, we are to take care of the poor. That is what we ought to do. That's what the apostles told the apostle Paul when he became an apostle and they found out that Jesus handpicked Paul himself after the resurrection, after he ascended on high. They said that all we ask of you is to remember the poor. Remember the poor. I will not support any party that turned their backs on the poor and neither should you. Some people genuinely need help. Oh, yes. Some people genuinely need help. Billionaires and millionaires and trillionaires do not need assistance. They are becoming more and more greedy every day. But I'm here to tell you, we serve a God that is more powerful than billions of dollars and he, and who can take down all of them. Those who are trying to suppress the poor, those who are, who are trying to suppress votes, closing voting polls, knowing these people have no way to get to the polls where they are relocating them to mistreating people. Unbelievable. But we have a God who doesn't sleep. We have a God who is powerful. We serve the same God. I don't know about you, saints, but I serve the God that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego serve. The God who is powerful. The God who can deliver. The God who can heal. Oh, yes. The God who can save you from a dirty, rotten king. Darius wasn't dirty and rotten. He really liked Daniel. That's why he became displeased or upset when he found out that he signed that decree. And because it was a decree of the Persians, especially the metal Persians, and it could not be revoked. He was very angry at himself, not Daniel, because Daniel did nothing wrong. Remember, we ought to obey God rather than man. And that's what Daniel did. Serve God. And if you, if your heart is right, if you are doing the right thing, saints, you better believe it doesn't matter what situation you are in. God will rescue you. He will rescue you. Daniel was not rescued because of his works or because of his honesty. Daniel was rescued because of his faith in God. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Now, Saints, I'm going to end uh, episode two right here, and we will uh, read about another hero of faith in the Old Testament next time. And then after that, we will move to the heroes of the New Testament. Okay. So saints until then. And yes, before I go, I will play another episode of black people in the Bible from uh, Dr. Frederick Casey Price. For those of you who don't know, after you hear this episode, I played a uh, episode two of black people in the Bible from Dr. Frederick Casey Price yesterday on Friday, November the 25th. You can go through the podcast and look. The biggest listeners are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Oh yes, yes, yes. So saints, uh, you can listen to the message after this episode and you can send me an email if you want to. It has uh, my contact information. You can also donate to the ministry. All I'm gonna do is try to broaden this this, uh, podcast so that it can go even further. It's heard in a lot of different countries. Uh, I have uh, Muslims. They listen. uh, We also have Christian Iranians. Yes, Christian Italians. We have Christians in China. And it's so unfortunate they have to hide their Christianity so they won't be killed. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? That's one of the only good things about America. You can worship Christ openly. And you can worship a tree openly too. And that's one of the bad things about America. But you can do what you want um, because the God that we serve is not a killer. Uh-uh. We are living in the dispensation of grace. And the God that we serve, if you choose not to believe, God says, okay. You know, he told the, his disciples, shake the dust off of your feet and keep it moving. You can hear the gospel, reject it, go and serve whatever you want. But I want you to remember one thing. In the end, if you don't have Christ as your defense attorney, when your life ends, you can't come back to get it right. So you have to get it right while you're here. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Believe that he is the son of the living God and you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. So with that said, saints, I love you. I know God loves you. Peace out. hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D, and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out. <laughs>